Welcome to the Half Yard Line. I am Luke. And I'm Tim. And welcome to another in our series of off-season previews covering all 32 NFL teams. Today, stopping by the NFC East. We encourage you, if you're listening to this and it's the first of these you've listened to, go check out the other 31, many of which are already available, a handful of which will become available after you've heard this one, probably. Also, follow us on the socials at Half Yard Line Pod. You can email us halfyardlinepod at gmail.com. On your podcast app of choice, make sure you subscribe to the pod and you've left us a rating and a review. If you haven't, please pause this right now. Go do it. Come back. It'll take you just a few scant seconds and we'd really appreciate it. Very helpful to us. As mentioned, the off-season is rolling and we're rolling right along with it today into East Rutherford, New Jersey, home of the New York football giants, which people still which people still say, despite the fact the baseball team left about 70 years ago, I think, <laughs> I think now. Um, but it sounds good. So, Tim, a team close to your heart, a team that you have attended games of in the recent past, a team whose quarterback you have relentlessly insisted is a future MVP and Hall of Famer or something, I don't know. It's New York Giants football, and where did they... Where are they picking up from last season, which a roaring success under Coach of the Year, Brian Dayball? Yeah. You know, it's funny. When I was starting to do the research for this, I pulled up their record as if I did not know this and saw 9-7-1 and one and thought, really? That's that's all? Because it did feel a bit like a roaring success for the Giants. Um, started the year strong, 7-1. and one, Finished the year less strong, 9-7-1. and one, So you can do the math there, 2-6-1 and one to finish the year. Um, got absolutely annihilated in their playoff game um, as if they had not shown up to play. It was the last game I bet real money on this year. It did not end well for me. Uh, you know, we, we talk about them you know, near to us geographically, lots of friends who have, who are fans. I have been a big uh, Danny Dimes fan from the beginning. I do think it's interesting. He was drafted. I'm going to screw this up, but I think sixth overall. And I always say that you go, it's not six. It's something else. And I forget what it is. I I think I think it was fifth, but yeah, yeah. let's let's just go there. In. Someone could someone can fact and check. And people us. say that's crazy. He should never gone that high. And I think that's one of the reasons I've always been on his side. Is it was like, well, you know what? Maybe the people who were doing the picking know a little more about this than you do. Uh, but any in any case, yeah. I I mean, either way, uh, wherever he was picked, he had a pretty successful year. You mentioned they got shellacked in the playoffs, but only after they actually managed to beat a team who probably should we all thought well not sure about these vikings and then the upset that everyone predicted in fact happened before the giants then went the way of the dodo in the year 2022 season yes no that is correct and so you know rock rolling into the offseason with some positives you know obviously a playoff appearance for the giants is moving in the right direction we're happy with the new coach we're happy with uh parts of the roster i think are in decent shape it's a division that's going to be challenging obviously um everybody in the division was 500 or better this year but things looking up for the giants shall we say and unlike many teams the giants come into the season off season with a fair amount of cap space um a little behind the scenes we were recording this after the giants made the decision to uh, tag saquon barkley and extend uh danny dimes so that is going to take care of a couple of their offseason decisions they needed to make um on the regular so that's done even after that, they still have $19 million in cap space. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about how they might open up some more cap space. Uh, there's certainly some some changes that are coming that are going to increase that number. So an opportunity for the Giants to go out and uh, make some signings, you know, spend some money, improve the team, um, and we'll talk through some of those items in a moment. 
Uh, but suffice it to say, after a year in which things were going well, uh, perhaps an opportunity to build on it. Luke, I don't know if you saw it differently. No, for sure. I think what was interesting about the early moves they made is the level of continuity that they have shot for. I think they found a system that works. I mean, in the post-Eli Manning, even in the final few years of his his career there, I feel like the Giants have had a lot of change, different coaches. You know, Danny Dimes came in. There was uncertainty around him. Saquon Barkley's had injury problems, but it finally found felt like they found a kind of recipe and they're looking to just run it back as much as possible. Despite the fact that, to be honest, their roster holes are quite notable and I think people were commenting on them during last season, the ones they'll look to address. I'm sure we'll get onto those in a sec. Um, certainly overachievers in my book based on who they have on the roster. A lot of players developing really nicely. Uh, a youngish core on the offense that they can look to build around for the next few years. Maybe add a couple of pieces to supplement that. Defensively, pretty stout. Enjoyed watching the Giants last year. It was nice to see football in the tri-state area which has been horrible for about 10 years finally get back on the uh, on the good foot and uh i'm i'm bullish on the giants as well going into next year which almost certainly means that they will crumble and fall apart yeah to throw a little wet blanket on it i would note we talk about one score games a lot the giants started the year seven and two that included being seven and one in one score games the remainder of the yeah, beat my Titans because we missed a field goal on the last play of the game in week one. The re- Not that I the rem- care about that yeah. still. <laughs> the remainder of <laughs> the remainder of the year, they went one, three and one in one score games. So a little reversion to the mean there. You do wonder uh, how much of this is yeah. exuberance coming out of remembering the year, perhaps a little bit better than it was. We will talk about those needs. Yeah. One other thing uh, to mention, though, as they go to fill those needs, they do have a full complement of draft picks. They have all their draft picks. They also have an extra six and a seven, so they'll do some little digging at the back end Woo. of the draft, try to find uh, the next Brock next, Isaiah Pacheco or someone. Yeah, yeah there Pacheco. we go. Beat me to it. Perfect. Uh, you know, some opportunities there. Tom Brady. Two, two positions they they don't actually need. We probably should have picked other players who are dry. Marquez Colston. Let's go with Marquez Colston there you go. as a seventh round player in a position that the Giants might actually want, as opposed to a quarterback and a running back, which we just clearly indicated they don't. They need just or took want. care of those. No, they have a lot of needs. Those are not on the list. So as we think towards uh, things that they need, um, certainly they had two big weaknesses on this team. One was consistency in the passing game. Uh, You know, Danny Dimes played well at times, a lot of it with his legs. He took off more this year. He was careful with the ball this year. So good things in the passing game overall, but inconsistency certainly spurred on by, you know, at, at for the majority of the season, they were going Isaiah Hodgins, Richie James, Darius Slayton as their three top wide receivers. Kenny Galladay relegated to, you know, picking flowers on the bench or whatever you do over there. Um, Sterling Shepard didn't could really participate. You had Wendell Robinson. Um, but he had a torn ACL. So, like, you're going to have to fix the wide receiver room a little bit. Um, the other piece I had... You could speak broadly defense. The defense was not spectacular um, across the board. They had games they played particularly well. The rush defense, it specifically is where I felt like they had concerns. Inside linebacker, I think, is an area they're going to have to get better. Um, on the defensive line, the run stopping has to get much better. I felt like there were a lot of teams. Um, and listen, they had to play the Eagles twice, so that's part of it. But a lot of teams that every time they hand the ball off uh, and they play the Niners, every time they hand the ball off, the running backs get into the secondary. You know, they're they're in that five, six, seven yards down the field as they're getting tackled because they're not the gap 
gap discipline's not good enough in the linebacking core, and the defensive line is not getting off blocks enough to make tackles. So rush defense and passing consistency were the two big ones I had. You could also toss defensive backfield. We've talked about that a lot this year. Everybody wants to get better. Um, Adoree Jackson, good for them. They're going to need help help at the corner slot after that. Um, you could talk about interior offensive line if you wanted. Um, the people, the same people who are saying you need to look at interior offensive line, looking at you, Pro Football Focus, also mentioned that they had some of the best run blocking in football. So I'm not sure how you square that circle. So I didn't have that one quite as much up the list as perhaps some do. But those those were the needs as I saw them. Luke, do you have others on your list that maybe I've not noticed? No, I think you you hit on them. I mean, the two I had were were wide receiver and yeah, defensive stoutness i'll call it i mean i think it's always interesting when you look at the team's last it's a playoff team specifically you look at their last game of the season and what happened and often i feel like that's a good you know litmus test for where they're going to go next if you made it to the playoffs great you're in the tournament giants as we mentioned knocking off the vikings in minnesota the upset that everyone said would happen eventually did happen but the eagles game you talked about it off the top they got obliterated by a divisional opponent uh, who'd already beaten them twice. Okay, week 18, the Giants are resting everyone, but still. Look at the way the Eagles are built. It's trench warfare, really strong offensive line. And what happened in that divisional game, you mentioned linebacker as, as a need, which I think in terms of rush defense and stoutness is the main thing because, you know, they're starting Jalen Smith. I'm a big fan of Jalen Smith, has overcome a hell of a lot to play NFL football at all and been very productive, been a pro bowler, all of that. But unfortunately, in that game, the Eagles' offensive line dominated the defensive line of the Giants, which has been such a strength all of last season. Like Kayvon Thibodeau looked like a, a really good up-and-coming young player. you got Leonard Williams on that line as well. Good, solid pieces. And as soon as those guys were eaten up, there was no one filling the gaps effectively enough, and the Eagles were just blowing them off the ball left and right. So I think linebacker kind of got exposed because the defensive line couldn't win. And if the defensive line can't win, they didn't really have the people sitting in behind. You mentioned receiver. I mean, Saquon Barkley tied for the leading catches on the team last year with Richie James. That just can't happen again. A, because Saquon Barkley is a fantastic, unique, dynamic talent and you want to preserve those touches. I know receptions aren't as punitive as rushes for a running back, but still. Darius Slayton is okay, has always had a bit of a connection with Danny Dimes as a decent deep threat. Isaiah Hodgins played great. They brought him back. Is he a featured number one receiver? You've got to think probably not. You mentioned Golladay, the contract was hideous. Sterling Shepard, injury bug, injured again. He's 29. Uh, and a free agent, Wondell Robinson, injured, undersized receiver from your home state of Kentucky, University of Kentucky mm-hmm. graduate. But there's just no one scary, right? There's no one you're accounting for in the pass game and circling before the game begins. That is what they need to find. Whether that's a draft, I think it probably has to be because the free agency class isn't that impressive. But if I was Brian Dayball, I'd be thinking about, look what happened when Josh Allen got Stephon Diggs when I was in Buffalo. I'm not saying Stephon Diggs is available, but if you can find a veteran wide receiver looking for a trade would be optimal or you think you find a number one in the draft, that's priority one as far as I'm concerned. Then the other pieces on the defensive side, I think, can be added to but aren't as high a priority as getting Daniel Jones, someone he can throw the football to because it takes the pressure off Saquon. It takes the pressure off Danny Dimes running it so much. I think it would just add a lot of dimensions to the offense that they don't currently have no i think that's right luke and so um we talked a little bit about the holes that they had on last year's team looking ahead towards free agents that may be creating new holes for the organization 
you know, we take a little wind out of the sales recording this today. If we'd have recorded it last week, we would have had a really robust discussion about what do they do about Saquon Barkley <laughs> and Danny Dimes. <laughs> yeah. I will for just just the benefit of people who maybe haven't seen the details. It's a four-year, $160 million contract for Danny Dimes, 82 and a half of it's guaranteed um, at signing. That you know, There's some stuff that does. Effectively, it's a, a three-year commitment. They can get out after year two, but it's pretty expensive to do so. After year three is really optional for them. I feel like $40 million a year is a good deal for both sides here. The guarantee is not crazy. It's just, just real it's quick. It's going right. Yeah, it's seventh overall in uh, average annual value. It's seventh overall and guaranteed at signing. They didn't commit for a long time. They didn't commit a ton of money. They're not paying him an amount of money that's going to preclude them from doing other things. They were able to control the cap hit this year. You know, you're able to make him feel loved, get him what he wants. This is similar to what Dak got two years ago. So if you think about right. it that way, we're two years further into the cap inflation. You know, the cap's going to be almost twenty million, you know, more than twenty million dollars more than it was two years ago. And the Giants signed their guy for about not about exactly the same that Dak signed for. Uh, so I feel like good deal for the team, good deal for the player. You see it that way? Uh, definitely. I mean, it, if you're going to tag Danny Dimes, you're inviting potential disasters. You mentioned the, the cap going up again, as it will, will increase how much you're paying the quarterback. That's just how things work. Um, I appreciate a lot's been made about the value and it, it is a lot when you know forty million dollars a year just sounds crazy, obviously because it is. Is that not how much? Is that not how much you get paid, Luke? <laughs> no, it's not. Unfortunately, um, fractions of that. Maybe one day on the pod, but uh, maybe. But uh, for now, not so much. And yeah, it's the going rate. That's the problem. We talked a little bit about um, quarterback value. You look at what Derek Carr just signed for. I mean, Gino is probably the only starting quarterback who's recently signed a new contract who's not getting at least something approaching that and he's not a million miles away so i just feel like it it does sound crazy because 10 years ago we would have said 30 million a year is nuts but in 10 more years it'll be 50 million and you know some quarterbacks are already accounting for that much of the cap so it's a ton of money it's a ton of risk but but what you're going to do in if if he plays well again next year you're going to pay him another what you're going to do again before your contract for 45 or 50 million it's 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 difficult but that's what you're going to have to pay for a starting quarterback there's no middle class quarterback contracts anymore they're all at the higher end of the basket and at some point someone gets paid more and he goes down the basket which is what they imagine will happen in the next several years but here are the quarterbacks who signed in the last 2 years that they did not pay him more than which i think is key right russell wilson uh, Josh Allen, mm-hmm. Kyler Murray, Deshaun Watson, Dak Prescott, and Matt Stafford. Right. So often these quarterbacks, everyone is the next highest paid. That's and you know, I didn't even throw Patrick Mahomes in there. He signed three years ago, and that's a different thing. But that list of quarterbacks, he easily could have argued. I mean, Kyler Murray got forty six million a year, and he got five years. You know, you could right. look at this and go, and Kyler got one hundred and three guaranteed at signing. So either. Places you can point to and go, I'm just as good as that guy, and he's getting paid more than me, and that didn't happen. And so I think that's that's a win for the Giants. Looking quickly at the Barkley deal, non-exclusive tag, that's become the trend this offseason. This isn't a tag show, so we're not going to talk about everything going on there, but everybody's doing the non-exclusive tag. You can negotiate with other teams. If somebody signs you to a term sheet, your team has the opportunity to match it. If they do, you stay. If they don't, you leave, and the team gets two first-round picks. No one ever gets two first-round picks. That's sort of a negotiating point. You end up doing a sign-and-trade very quickly um, for whatever compensation the two teams agree upon. 
So interesting that that's kind of become the thing. The Tets $10 million for Barkley. That's already factored into the cap numbers we were talking about earlier. They can afford it. The team says they really want to sign him to a long-term deal. Barkley says he'd like to have a long-term deal. Rumor has it right before the deadline when they were working through uh, Danny's deal that they were not close. So I don't know, uh, Giants mm-hmm. fans, whether you can be optimistic about that or not. Both sides say they want to do it. Can't hurt. Yeah, running back contracts as well. Uh, some cautionary tales out there. So I, I'm sure the Giants will slow play that one. I think at some point they'll end up settling somewhere in the middle. You know, something like the Derek Henry contract from a couple of years ago where it's a few years, it's a good amount of money, it's not insane on your cap, and it's also not completely um, ridiculous from a length perspective. Uh, Saquon's had injury problems in the past. I think it suits all parties for him to come back. I'm sure he will end up coming back and I'm sure they'll come to an agreement. But uh, for now, we're just in the both sides wiggling for the money that they want. That's right. So those guys, not free agents, Tim. The, the list of free agents to be pretty underwhelming, as you mentioned. Names that people are probably familiar with. Sterling Shepard, Matt Breeder, Tony Jefferson, Richie James, Darius Slayton. I mean, the guy that I have circled is Julian Love, Ooh, the free safety. you stole it right out of my agent. mouth. I don't know if you had the same. Yeah, I that's did. what I was going to say. But of this list, I think it's underwhelming in the main. You could look to bring back Nick Gates. You know, depth on the offensive line is never a bad thing. Feliciano you can bring back as well. But I, Julian Love is the the big the big one to me. He is, and he was coming on strong at the end of the year. Young guy, um, plays safety for those of you who don't know. Uh, he has had a significant improvement over his career as a New York Giant. Um, probably a guy they know better than everybody else. I think they can probably sign him for less than he's worth uh, because of that. And I think he was a key one for them to bring back. Um, you know, Luke, looking towards what they might do outside the organization, you know, sometimes you get that hanger on spot in the playoffs and it hurts your draft slot. And that's certainly the case here, picking in the middle of the first round. Not going to uh, get a super talent there. I've heard corner as a potential target. Um, thought that was an interesting thought. I think that's really more slotting than it is team need. Um, any thoughts on what they're going to do early in the draft or, or free agents that you think they should target? I think free agency-wise is tough. We mentioned their positions of, of need. I think defensive line, there are stout players available. Linebacker, there's there's always guys you can find. I don't necessarily have a huge... Um, I'm, I'm a fan of the linebacker position and because I'm more of an old-school football fan, but if you look at the guys who are coming available, unless you're going to take a big swing... I mean, my Titans have got David Long becoming a free agent who's an excellent all-round inside linebacker very modern he could be someone they look at Dion Jones is a free agent you could look at him Eric Kendricks got let go by the Vikings Devin Bush is available Tremaine Edmonds is available there's a ton of guys who can come in and give you solid NFL starter production I don't know if you want to prioritize that in the draft that mid-20s I feel like is where receiver has been a bit of a sweet spot yep think of a guy like Justin Jefferson because receiver is now becoming the new running back there's 10 that come out in every draft the elite guys are fewer and fewer there's not as many guys drafted in the top 10, even top 15. I feel like they start to become available in bulk around that 20 spot. Maybe they look for a guy like Jordan Addison or Quentin uh, Johnson Johnston from, from TCU, who's more of a big field stretcher, tall guy. They don't really have that on the roster right now. That's probably a route they could go down. And because it's not a class with a elite top five talent receiver, like a Julio Jones of yesteryear, right? You, you're probably going to be able to find value in that position at that slot or potentially even trade back and acquire some more picks. But I think as long as you're confident in your evaluation ability, no harm in pulling the trigger at 26 as opposed to trading back to you know 30 or something because you'll probably get much the same guy. Yeah, I read a really interesting um, uh, article. They may package some of their picks and try to trade for one. You know, the 
the Giants have spent many a pick on the wide receiver position. They've had, you know, you had Cardarius Tony in there recently. You've got several of the guys on the team now. They're having a hard time finding that guy um, and may want to look for something a little bit more proven. I don't know who might be available. To your point, the, the best wide receivers in the free agency class are what? Uh, Jacoby Myers, Juju Smith Schuster, and uh, T.Y. Hilton. I mean, is that is that the best that's out there? <laughs> yeah, and given the recent pain of giving Kenny Golladay Earth's largest contract to do nothing. I think it's probably not a wise that wise of an investment. No, that's to right. Pay for because I mean, I guess you also could argue you've got the the Michael Thomas situation is probably going to result that way. You've got the um, uh, Odell Beckham Jr. still out there, folks. Uh, he could go back, go find a home in back New York. To the Giants. So I don't know. I think that's going to wrap it up for us here on the Giants. Lots still to come in the off season. A couple of key decisions in the bag for our friends in New Jersey. Uh, but please do check out the rest of the off-season previews, all 32 teams here in a couple of weeks for you. A lot of work here on the pod, so appreciate your listening. Uh, do leave us a review, a like, a rating, a favorite, save, subscribe, whatever it is that you do on the podcast app of your choice. Follow us on the socials at Half Yard Line Pod or email halfyardlinepod at gmail.com. Uh, but until next time, that'll do it for us. Bye-bye. Adios.